The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Lucas. I got Chris and Uriah here. We have a very special edition of the Sixer Sense Podcast. We are doing our pre-draft mock draft of the first round. I will be covering the Atlantic Division, the Southeast, and the Southwest Divisions. And Chris, tell them who you what uh, divisions you are covering. Yeah, I have Central, Pacific, and Northwest. And before we get started, I, uh, I just want to make sure to ask you guys, how was your weekend so far? It's been good. Watching a lot of movies and, and reading some books. So, same old, same old. I got a new pet lizard. Oh, what's your pet's name? Very cool. I have completed Team Avatar because my new pet's name is Ang. So now I have two lizards named Ang and Toph. And I have two fish named Katara and Zuko. So that's what's up. I have no idea what that means. You've never seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Uh, I saw Avatar. No, no, that, Avatar. Not, the same, not the same thing. Chris, you've seen it though, right? Uh, It's been a minute, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm very much a nerd, guys, if you guys haven't figured that out by now. But uh, Uriah, you said uh, prior to coming on that you you had something special to share, right? Yeah, yeah. I think this news will impress Chris. So I, I wrote uh, and produced my first, I guess, biopic. My nephew plays high school football, or he did play. He's graduating from Lenape High School. He's going on to play Division Three football for Widener, which is a, a small school in Pennsylvania, but anyway, so uh, my roommate from college came up from Atlanta and we did some film shots and I wrote the narrative that my nephew's going to read. And it's basically going to follow his journey for, of life and just, you know, being a student athlete. And it's probably going to be about four minutes and I'll definitely be interested to to see your opinion, Chris, of, of my first production. Sounds yeah. exciting. And I've heard of Widener That's too. Awesome. I think they uh, recruited me at the, not for sports, but academically. So that's good, though, man. That's good. And his story, Chris, is pretty dramatic. I'm not going to uh, give too many details away, but hopefully when you watch it, you'll be like, wow, this kid is special. And uh, and also, Chris and Lucas, I'm writing my first play. I wrote, two I wrote two scenes for a play that I'm going to put on for my students for Black History Month. And it is, oh. about, it is about the life of Harriet Tubman. 
Ooh, so very I'm, nice. So I'm, I'm definitely excited about that. Hopefully I can share it with you guys. You can give me some feedback. Now, is this this play of Harry Tubman, it's not going to have the same ninja moves that Key and Peele had in their skit, right? That's a negative good buddy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big negative good buddy. Yo, it's come on, man. They're sixth graders. I, can't I know. That I have humor in there. No, 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 no. You didn't see the where she was like doing all the ninja rolls and jumps. I did and stuff. not. I love King and Peele, yeah. but I didn't. I have to Google that. Yeah, it's a funny skit, but um, no, it has no it has no raunchy humor in that one. No, oh, okay. not not yeah. It's not like the the substitute teacher one. Oh, gosh, hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. You didn't mess up, hey, hey, Ron. What, what would be our nickname for our fake name for Ben? I see, I don't really, we could do Benjamin and then try to make that into one says, I don't know. Be Benjamin? No. Benjamin. Well, maybe. Benjamin? No. You done messed up, Ben. Ben. Ah, see, now you got it. It would be Benjamin without the J. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's the easy one. Benjamin without the J. You done messed up, Benjamin. (laughs) I like it. But as I stated at the beginning, we are doing a mock pre-draft analysis. So me and Chris will be picking for the particular teams in the divisions that we are covering. And so I guess it's just time to go ahead and start into it. And uh, Uri will be mediating it. So Uri, go ahead. You are Adam Silva in this mock draft. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Let's do it, guys. Okay, let's roll. All right, with the first pick... In the 2021 NBA draft, we have the Detroit Pistons. You're on the clock, Chris. Yeah, so this one is pretty easy in my opinion. Uh, It's Cade Cunningham, the point guard slash small forward out of Oklahoma State. 6'8 playmaker, does just about everything at a high level. The pretty clear number one to me, there are other guys up there, you know, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green in the top three. There have been all sorts of reports that Detroit isn't necessarily sold on Cade, uh, but they really should be. Uh, that would be a mistake not to take him, so that, that's who I'm going to take. All right. With the second pick in the draft, we're going south. We're going to the Houston Rockets. Lucas? And with the second pick in the NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Evan Mobley. I was tempted to make it cause a little bit of chaos and go with Scotty Barnes, but I decided Evan Mobley is the most complete player on this draft. He's a three-level scorer, high potential ceiling on defense. Needs to fill out a little bit, but overall, he's you know he's a seven-footer that can do pretty much everything on the floor. If it wasn't for Cade Cunningham, he'd probably be a clear number one in this draft. So I, I like Mobley with the Rock uh, Rockets because he can fit nicely with Christian Wood already there. So I think the fit there is natural, and I think that's just the right direction the Rockets need to go. Okay. Mm. Did you want to say something, Chris? No, just that he chickened out of the Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Later. Yeah, Chris was looking forward to that argument. All right, we're going with the number three pick in the NBA draft. We have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again, pretty easy one in my opinion. Jalen Green rounds out the top three for me. Just an electric athlete on the perimeter. Just about every contender nowadays needs one of those elite perimeter creators who can get his own shot at a high level. Has some upside as a playmaker and a defender too. Uh, Cleveland seems like they're probably going to trade Colin Sexton. So you build around Garland and Green in the backcourt and you're in pretty good shape. All right, we're going to stay north. 
And but we're going to go north of the border into Canada with the fourth pick in the NBA draft for the Toronto Raptors. Lucas, who are they taking? With uh, the Raptors are going to go with the easy choice here is Jalen Suggs. Uh, Suggs is the best point guard in this draft. I don't consider Cade Cunningham a point guard. I think he's more like a LeBron James type of guy who will run the offense, but be officially listed more as a small forward shooting guard. Um, that being said, I like Jalen Suggs here. Him and Fred Van Vliet can kind of mesh well together. They uh, Suggs played uh, with another combo guard in college who we will talk about later in this draft. Um, so I like his fit with Fred Van Vliet, and he can naturally just slide into where Kyle Lowry was because let's be real, Lowry's not going to be back in Toronto next year. So I think the fit there is just natural. Okay. Staying in the Eastern Conference with the number five pick, the Orlando Magic will be taking... Uh, they will be taking Scotty Barnes. And they. this one's a little bit tricky for me because there's no clear natural fit. They already have two really soft boards. And, uh, and uh, Chuma... Help me with the name here, Chris. Um, okay, okay. Thank you. And um, the guy that seems to always be injured. Wait, his name is Okay? okay? Yeah, Chuma Okay? okay, okay. Yeah, That's and then cool um, name. I like that name. Okay. And then um, Jonathan Isaacs is also there. They both can play power either for position. You're stocking up on the best player on the board here. Scotty Barnes is basically Cade Cunningham, but without a jump shot. Um, so I like the pick here. You you get the best available player. Um, both of the guards in Orlando, Cole Anthony and Mark Fultz, can play off the ball if need be. You get a dynamic playmaker. And, hey, if Scotty Barnes gets the jump shot, it could be argued that he's the best player in this draft. Hey, Sixers fans. Summer is here. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation performance package, which includes the Lawn Mower 4.0. So what's in the Manscaped Performance Package? Well, inside the package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Handle your trimming needs this summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Again, that's manscaped.com for 20% off using the code FANSIDED20. And now, back to the podcast. And with the sixth pick in the NBA draft, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, well, OKC can pretty much take their sweet time developing whoever they pick here. Uh, they're, they're really in no particular hurry, as Mark Zumoff would say. So they're going to go with the highest upside player. I think that's Kai Jones out of Texas. Uh, just a freak athlete at seven feet can has the potential to defend all over the floor and to do stuff on the perimeter offensively as well. Bit of a work in project still, but a guy who I think is worth the upside play here. That's a little bit of a reach there, Chris. Yeah, to some people. I mean, okay, okay. You 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 are the draft guy here. All right. So you got the next pick too, right? Yeah. Golden State Warriors. Chris, who are the Warriors taking? Uh, the Warriors are going to take Jonathan Kaminga, who spent last season with the G League Ignite team. Another really promising athlete, 6'8", big frame, has a lot of offensive potential, can get downhill and finish at the rim. Uh, 
that's a lot of upside to just plug into a Golden State team that could win a title next year. So I, I think that's about as good a spot as any for, for a rookie of his caliber. So I, I would be excited to see how it would turn out. Yes, um, I think that's a solid choice there. And Orlando, they have another pick in the top 10. The Magic, Lucas, are going to be taking who at number eight? So with the eighth pick, the Magic are going to get Keon Johnson. And I like Johnson because he's more of a project player, but he has tremendous upside. He's already a really good defender at the shooting guard position. And I think that when you take a guy like Barnes, you can, uh, you know, you can take a little bit of a swing here and develop a guy like Johnson, who I think does have upside. So I'm going to go Keon Johnson with the eighth pick. And with the ninth pick in the NBA draft, the Sacramento Kings, Chris will be taking who? Uh, They will be taking Alperin Sangoon out of Turkey. Uh, One of the best, most polished center products in the class already can do a lot as both a passer and a scorer out of the post has potential as a shooter just a really skilled all around big man was a Turkish league MVP at 18 years old uh, a lot to like there I think the Kings just need good players they particularly need good players in the front court uh, especially with Rashawn Holmes entering free agency so that's my pick we're at it Lucas's way the number 10 pick New Orleans Pelicans take they take Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Uh, th- there's a good chance Lonzo Ball doesn't come back. As there's rumors saying that the Pelicans will not match any offer sheets for Ball. And then outside of that, you got a combo guard and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and then they have their first-round pick from last year, who I believe was, Chris, remind me who this guy is, because I liked him in the draft. I think we both did. What was his name again? Uh, I'm blanking for some reason. I'm, oh, Kira Lewis. Gary Lewis Jr., yes. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, he's a little bit of a project still. So you bring in Davion Mitchell, you got somebody a little bit more polished, an upperclassman. I, I think you have him and Lewis fight out that point guard position and, you know, maybe sprinkle in a little walk, Alexander Walker in there. I think battle for that point guard position moving forward, that would be good use of that pick. And I think, honestly, he's just the best player available at this point. Next, we're going to the GOATS team, Michael Jordan's team, the Charlotte Hornets, with the 11th pick. Lucas? With the 11th pick. Now, this is where it gets tricky. I'm going to go – see, the thing is I wanted to use Kai Jones here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the, the Charlotte Hornets should take – They're going to go with the best player available, and I'm going to say Jalen Johnson from Duke. He left during the middle of the season, but the upside is clearly there at six foot nine. Yeah, he he does. He's going to be playing a little bit of power forward, a little bit of center. I think I like him more at the center position. Um, but I think overall, I think Jalen Johnson's the best player available, and you take talent more than anything with the with what the. Hornets need and I think him and PJ Washington could make a formidable one-two punch at the four and five so I think that would be a good use of that pick there with the 12th pick the San Antonio Spurs will be taking oh that's a tough one I'm gonna have to go with um I'm gonna say Josh Giddy, the point guard uh who played overseas um, I know they have a, a overabundance of guards already, but this guy, he's a dynamic playmaker. 
and I think they'll probably play him more as a uh, as a three, which I think they need because there's a good chance that DeMar DeRozan doesn't come back. You have a dynamic play playmaker at the three. You have him run your offense because most of the guards that they have in San Antonio are more of off guard. So you get a dynamic playmaker here, have him label it as a three, but, you know, perform as a point guard. I think that's the best use for Josh Giddy. And with the 13th pick, Chris will be selecting for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, well, Lucas has really just played right into my master plan so far, so I'm very happy. <laughs> um, the Pacers are going to select Franz Wagner out of Michigan, the brother of Mo Wagner, who people have probably seen around the league at this point, uh, a really solid, versatile two-way wing, can space the floor, defend multiple positions. I think the best player on the board here and someone who can help the Pacers get back to the playoffs next season. Totally yeah. lost track of Franz, but I don't I don't trust his brother, so I don't trust that he can be a better player. I'm sorry. I know that sounds awful and a little bit biased. Yeah, Mo, Mo Wagner, he's good at riding the pine. I know that much. He's good at getting dunked on, too. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's all right. All right. <laughs> uh, so the Golden State Warriors, they have another pick, and we're sticking with Chris. So Warriors, who is Golden State picking at 14? Uh, well, Golden State is going to pick uh, – I think the player with the highest ceiling left at this point, who's Keon Johnson out of Tennessee. I already picked him. You did? Yeah, I did uh, with the eighth pick. Really? Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take James Boone Knight out of UConn then. Book Knight? Okay. Uh, Another really high-end score to put on that Golden State bench, give them a lift in the second unit. Probably a top 10-ish prospect to me, so uh, great value for Golden State again here. And Chris, you played right into my hands. <laughs> well, with the 15th pick, the Washington Wizards at 15, so, Lucas. They're going to get Corey Kispert, one of the best shooters in this draft. Can hit it from pretty much anywhere solid size at six, seven for the small forward wizards need three point shooting desperately. We saw that in the Sixers first round matchup against them. They just, they had to play Howell Nettle to provide floor spacing. So that should tell you where they are with their floor spacing. So Corey Kispert uh, is a perfect fit here. Okay. In Oklahoma city who has three picks in the first round, they have the 16th pick Chris, who are you taking? I am going to take Sharif Cooper out of Auburn, best player left on the board, in my opinion. I uh, can share that backcourt with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, one of the best playmakers on the board, a really quick twitch athlete. Needs to iron out his jumper a little bit, but I'm confident he'll get there. Um, just a really smart all-around playmaker, so I, I think he'd help out that young offense quite a bit. And at 17, the Memphis Grizzlies will be taking who, Lucas? This is a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go uh, so many good choices. Somebody that I'm surprised is still on the board at this point. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I, I'm going to go with the upside here of Moses Moody. I know that they already have a lot of great young shooting guards with Dylan Brooks who can play small forward, but you go with the best available. And I think Moses Moody is still on the board. So you got to take him. He's a solid, he, he He's a good rebounder, good scorer, three-level. You know, I, I think he's just the best available at this point, so you go with him. 
Okay, Chris, his last pick was for Oklahoma City, but since they have the 18th pick, Chris, we're coming back to you. Who are the Thunder taking next? Uh, yeah, they are going to take Zaire Williams out of Stanford. Mm. I think the highest upside guy left on the board, OKC, should be going for upside all day this year. 6'9", um, long shot maker, a bit rough around the edges, had, had a really up-and-down year at Stanford, but a former five-star recruit. Really promising talent who I, I think could really pan out big for them. Okay, moving right along. New York Knicks. Lucas, who are they taking at 19? They're, they're going to go for NBA-ready prospect here, and they're going to get Chris Duarte. Duarte. Sorry. Duarte. Chris Duarte from Oregon. He's probably the oldest player in the first round, if not the whole entire draft. At what is he? Twenty four, twenty six. He's pretty. 24. Yeah, twenty four years old. He's a rangy two two. Uh, you know, six six guy, three level score, really good three point shooter, so good defender, which is something that you know the Knicks desperately need. They need a two way player that can hit shots. And I think uh, Duarte fits the bill for them perfectly there. So I like him going to the Knicks. So Lucas has the 20th pick for the Atlanta Hawks. Lucas, who are they taking? They're going to go point guard here. And it might seem like a little bit of a reach. They need a back, a solid backup for Trey Young. So I'm going to go with Jared Butler here. The, he was a running mate with Davion Mitchell. And I think what he can bring, he's a three-level scorer, great defender. I think he'd be a positive backup for Trey Young moving forward. And he's a guy that you can plug in and he's ready to play because he's already a junior. He, he knows what who he is and how to play. So I think him backing up Young would be an ideal situation for both parties. All right, sticking with Lucas, the 21st pick in the draft, we have the New York Knicks. See, I wanted to get a point guard here. I wanted to. I was hoping that Sharif Cooper would still be available, but I guess Chris has really kind of shook things up a little bit. I'm going to go with. You know what? No, let me go with Jared Springer here. It's combo guard, solid size of six foot four, really good defender, solid three point shooter. Doesn't really run an offense all that much, but you know what? They need three-point shooting in New York. They need scoring. I, he provides that. He can be a solid defender. So I think Jared Springer is the good choice here. The 22nd pick in the first round belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Chris has that pick. Well, a uh, bit of a tough one for me, but I think the Lakers are going to take Cam Thomas out of LSU. Oh. One of the... <laughs> One of the best pure shot makers on the board. I think he could really benefit from a situation like L.A. where he's put into more of a defined role, maybe curb some of his bad habits. Uh, you get to learn from LeBron. So about as good a place as you can imagine for a guy like that. You can fill it up off the bench right away, I would think, and help them in the second unit as a rookie. Uh, so Cam Thomas is my pick. Okay, and the 23rd and 24th pick, we're just going to give Lucas both uh, picks back-to-back because the Houston Rockets have those picks. So, Lucas, who are you going with? So, with the 23rd pick, I'm going to go with Ea Dusunma, the combo guard from Illinois. He was, uh, you know, All-American National Player of the Year, if I'm correct, Chris. Um, Really good three-level scorer, good defender, 
I mean, he's a little old at 21, but you know what? The Rockets do need a young point guard to groom for the future because John Wall's not it. They already got their center, so you get your point guard slash combo guard. You get that taken care of. And with the 24th pick, I'm going to get they, – they need some shooting in Houston. And I think the best choice in that regard – still on the board would be Quentin Grimes. He's a shooting <laughs> guard. You, I know, Chris, I know you like Grimes. Oh, no. No, no, no. What? You're great. Continue. I, I, I think Grimes fills a need for three-point shooting. You get some scoring off the bench with Grimes, so I think the Rockets go there. I think Chris is excited because you're sleeping on someone that he's about to steal from you. Mm-hmm. So the 25th pick goes to the Los Angeles Clippers, and that belongs to Chris. Yeah, um, look, Trey Mann might be a top 15 prospect for me. Uh, had a really strong finish to the year at Florida. A bit of a combo guard, has some point guard skills, great shot maker off the dribble. Uh, the Clippers are going to probably lose Reggie Jackson in free agency. Rajon Rondo isn't very good, so getting another guard in there makes a lot of sense. They would have Trey Mann and Terrence Mann, which is a cool duo in my opinion, and he should have gone way higher than this, but Lucas dropped the ball, and I'm very happy. <laughs> I mean, I thought I, – I see Mann more as like a ceiling of, Lu, of like a six-man of the year type guy. I don't see him as a starter, and I mean, I just – I don't – I don't know. I see him as a boom or bust type guy. We're in the 20s, Lucas. You're not going to get too many starters in the 20s. I guess. All right. All right. The 26th pick, we're going out to Denver, and Chris has that pick. I do indeed have that pick. Um, hmm. Uh, Denver's going to take Trey Murphy out of Virginia. 6'9", 3D wing, mm-hmm. plug and play. Fits well just about anywhere. He can get a lot of, you know, Three served right up to him by Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. I think that's about as good a spot as you can hope for for a guy like him. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty easy choice. And we're coming back east to the Brooklyn Nets. Lucas, who do the Nets take with the 27th pick? With the 27th pick, this is tough. I'm going to... I feel like my favorite player is not going to pick, get picked in the first round if I do this, but I'm going to have to do this. With the 27th pick, the Nets are going to go for center, and they're going to get Dayron Sharp from North Carolina. Really good big man, defensive. You know, it, it, they need defense. They need they need rebounding. This guy feels the mark right here. Him and Nick Claxton can get along pretty well as a one-two punch. He's a solid 260 pounds, so he's somebody – he's the complete opposite of Nick Claxton, who's a stick. So he's somebody that they can throw on Joel Embiid in terms of, you know, weight-wise. And it pretty much takes um, DeAndre Jordan out of the rotation. Um, so I think he's the obvious choice there because they just need it. They need they need big men. And at this point, they need the draft for need, not for necessarily the best player available. So I think they go with – uh, D Dayron Sharp, and with the twenty eighth pick in the draft, bittersweet belongs to the seventy sixers. Bitter because well, it should be playing right now, and sweet because it just means that they had one of the top records in the league to be picking at twenty eight. But Lucas, take it away. For me, the fan of me wants to go for 
my boy Miles McBride, uh, oh, West Virginia. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be <clears throat> sorry. I'm not going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Joel Aya from Gonzaga. He's a combo guard. Really good, to, really good team defender. Can take guys up on the post. Can run the pick and roll. Can shoot the ball from outside. You know, I think that's the type of guy that the Sixers need. And at six five, he's he has solid size at the guard position, which I think something the Sixers desperately need. So I go. I'm going to go with him. A second Joel in the Sixers. Really? I think it's is it Joel or is it Joel? I don't. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. We'll research that. Get back to that. All right, with uh, Sons and Seven, that's his screen name for this podcast on on my board. Chris, he has the Phoenix Suns at 29. Who are they taking? They're taking Miles McBride, baby. I mean, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. I'm okay with that. Lucas dropped the ball again on his own guy. <laughs> no, because I think Joel Ayaya is a better fit for the Sixers. McBride's only 6'2". We don't need any uh, more small he guards. He has a 6'9 wingspan. That doesn't... <sighs> it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, uh... Miles McBride is one of the better defensive guards in this class. Can shoot the three ball plenty, run the offense a little bit. Phoenix may not be able to hold on to campaign forever. Uh, he might outprice himself in with this finals run. Uh, McBride would plug a lot of holes, even if they do have campaign. I think he's still a guy you can plug into the rotation at spots. So I, I think he's the best prospect. And if you draft him, him and Javon Carter, two West Virginia players on the same team. So, you know, there you go. There you go. And with the final pick in the first round of the NBA draft, at number 30, we have the Utah Jazz. And, Chris, you have that pick. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, did you pick Usman Garuba and I just missed it, or is he still on the board? No, I never picked him. All right, yeah. Usman Garuba, the Spanish forward, one of the best perimeter defenders in the draft uh utah quite clearly needs perimeter defense after their collapse against la uh their inability to keep the clippers guards and wings out of the paint is pretty much what screwed them so garuba makes a lot of sense here he doesn't really shoot the ball too well yet so maybe not the cleanest fit right away but he solves a need and i think he's pretty clearly the best guy left so that's who utah's gonna pick to finish things out yeah, not a bad choice. I do want to ask you though, Chris, because I was, you know, I, I've been writing articles about potential guards at different positions uh, available in the draft. You didn't have Joel Aya in either one of your first first two mock drafts. What's up with that? He's a first round talent, dude. Uh, is he? Uh, yeah, I, I I think he's a second rounder. Really? Why? Have you seen the the tape the tape on this guy? I have. There's just there are a lot of good guards. We named quite a few of them. Uh, pretty loaded class. I mean, who did we leave out? Because we had the Isaiah Jackson. That's who Isaiah we left Jackson, out. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's a Villanova guy. Greg well, he, he yeah, yeah. Marcus Bagley. <laughs> uh, we don't need another Bagley in the first round, though, so we're okay. That's not I don't true. even see Bagley. He, my big board. That I'm using. Who did he play for? Arizona State. Yeah, he's not on my big board. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, that's fine. So I think I think that rounds up our first round draft mock. 
Chris, you're the draft guy. Any thoughts on that? Besides the fact that you feel like you won. Oh yeah, I mean I kicked your butt, but <laughs> Chris, Chris always feels like he's. I, I mean I I just made out like a bandit, but other than that, I I think it was a pretty solid thirty picks. You think how how the guy that dropped? There were a couple guys that dropped. Um, Franz Wagner, he dropped. Do you think he's going to drop outside the top ten, or do you think he's a top ten for sure? Uh, I I think there's a chance he drops, uh, but I think he'll end up top ten on my personal board. I mean, he dropped here, so. So I, I guess my question, and then Usman Garabo, do you think he could drop to like the end of the first round? Uh, yeah, it's it's possible. He probably doesn't end up going thirty. I think that's a bit far for him, but mm-hmm. I I definitely don't know if he's guaranteed to be a lottery pick, which is where a lot of people had him uh, mm-hmm. a few months ago. So. My question for you is, Kai Jones, why did you reach on him? Because he's projected to be a, like a mid-first-round pick. Why did you reach on him to go into the sixth spot where you I, had him getting drafted by the Thunder? I didn't reach. He's. You think he's that good? I, I think he can be. I think he has the highest ceiling. I think he's a pretty remarkable athlete. Um, and OKC can, can take its time. They don't need someone who's going to be, you know, tier one in in the first year they can wait it out they can grow him over time so i think he he was the pick well i, I come from because they did trade moses brown to the um to well, the celtics they only have one pick they're at the very beginning of the rebuild that's that's when you swing big and i think kai jones is the big swing so okay okay i thought jonathan Kaminga would have been that guy because if he gets that jump shot he's you know he's gonna be good if not he's more like mo harkless <laughs> but no i mean i get it um so let me ask you this if we're drafting in today's nba and we're redrafting like would have lebron come in as a small forward or as a point guard and if he would have been drafted like this year it doesn't matter i mean i know but i mean that's i mean because i look at kate cunningham and yeah. there's definitely some lebron-esque things there kate kate can play Four positions. It that really doesn't matter where he is in the rotation. He's going to do a lot of good things. Uh, he can play on or off the ball. You think him and Killian Hayes can work together? I I think so. I I really like Hayes. Till he was my number two prospect last year. Um, I, I think it's fine. I think it's interesting that we still both had um, Tyrese Halliburton as our th- third pick in last year's. Our no, third, no. Uh... yeah, the yeah, it was Tyrese. No, Tyrese and yeah, Killian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Lamelo, Killian, and Tyrese. <laughs> no, you had Killian. I had. Yeah. Who did I, who did I have? Probably Wiseman, because you're such a center guy. No, I didn't like Wiseman. To be honest with you, I was feeling more Anthony Edwards. I we I didn't have. I'm confused. Killian Hayes was not last year, Lucas. Was he? Yeah, he was. It was oh. a point guard heavy draft. You had Killian Hayes. You had Tyrese Halliburton. You had. Uh, Lamelo. Jesus Christ, I'm losing my mind. Okay, yeah, I had Killian two, I had Tyrese three. I don't know what I'm, I'm talking. Um, yeah, okay, you're right. You get your drafts mixed up, man. That's what's happening. Yeah, I had Edwards at five, which is probably the wrong, wrong move, but we'll move past it. Um, so one last question: Out of the first round, who do you think is the most unexpected player that could become an All Star in this group? Unexpected. Uh, Kai Jones. 
Okay, outside of Kai Jones. Um, probably. I mean, I really think James Booknight is, is could be one of those guys. James Booknight, yeah, he does have some solid potential. I like him. Um, who do you think could be the biggest bust out of this first round? Um, I I don't know. There, you know, just from reading, it seems like people have some questions about Jalen Johnson probably because they have Ben Simmons syndrome at this point, but I think Jalen's going to be okay. I, I, I think he's going to be pretty good. So, you know, I, I, I really don't know. See, I, it's a split decision for me because it's either going to be Jonathan Kaminga or that European center, uh, Peren Sengun. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big believer in big men coming to the NBA coming in and doing well, especially from Europe. And uh, I don't think he's going to have much patience in Sacramento. Um, I think that's a bad situation for him to go to to develop. And then Jonathan Kaminga, I just I think he's more of an athlete than I think he is a basketball player. And I don't know if that shot's ever going to come. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think Golden State would be a pretty ideal situation. I don't know if he'll get there. I, I think he probably goes top six. But I, I agree. Of, of, like, my top seven, Kaminga's probably the guy where I'd waver the most. Mm-hmm. I will say my, my guy that I think could end up being an all-star out of this group um, that's not obviously in the top, like, five. Stuff, but I think I kind of like. I real I know I picked him, but I think Joel AI does have that potential, or maybe Cam Johnson, Cameron Thomas. Either one of those, I think, have because mm-hmm. I. Here's my thing about Trey Man. I just I think he plays like I, I saw the tape on him, and I I'm not loving his like he gets it. He's like. Slow mo, like Kyle Anderson. He like I, I don't like the way that he moves. Like he moves okay. differently. Look, y'all have been pitching me D'Angelo Russell for the past three weeks. I'm not gonna hit, listen to the Trey Man. Uh, uh, don't even talk to me. <laughs> okay, I just like Cam Thomas more. If we're looking for a scoring guard that can. Me too. Thomas. I I picked him before him. Okay, I got both of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that. no, I um. Yeah, I like Joel AI. I think the way that I saw him playing his tapes, I just I I think he's going to be one of those hard workers. He already can post up opposing guards. Like, what college player does that anymore? Yeah, I mean, like anyone out of Gonzaga has a shot. They they have a pretty solid track record at this point. Uh-huh. Um, I think going back to Jalen Johnson, if we're talking like sleeper all star potential again, like six nine super athlete can already play make at a really high level out in transition. Again, doesn't really shoot the ball well. I, I assume he'll probably get better over time, unlike, you know, the Sixers, 16 guy who can do all that. Mm-hmm. But So do you think him and – I had him picked for the uh, Hornets. Do you think do you think him and Washington duo in the front court like I do, or do you think that that's uh, not going to work? Well, I'm, I don't think he'd be starting year one. I don't know if he's a mm-hmm. center, but – I, I think they could do some cool small ball stuff for sure. That's fair. And to be fair, they did have Washington play center mostly yeah, last year. Yeah. So Washington can do it. I don't like that as his natural position, but 
it, it could work out. Yeah, so we're going to touch on some topics revolving around the Sixers All-Star Center, Joel Embiid. And we all know how much that former NBA players like to critique the current day players. And there was a, a big man from yesteryear who was a pretty good player. I'm not talking about Shaq or, or Barkley. I'm talking about Sean Kemp. And he was on the podcast uh, called The Inside Buzz with Mikey Dom- Domagala. He was basically asking Sean Kemp on if Joel Embiid could encourage Ben Simmons to work on his three-point shot, like how Kemp and Gary Payton encourage each other. This is what Sean Kemp said. He said, go get some blank rebounds. They're like, you know, yelling at each other. And he said, we do it and laugh at each other. Players are very personal today. I don't know if Embiid has it in him and if he can take the criticism himself. So my question to you guys, we'll go with Chris first. My question to you, Chris, is this. Could Embiid have been more of an influence on Ben to shoot? Uh, look, probably not. I, I frankly, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast. I, It's like a lose-lose situation, right? Because right, when Joel Embiid's post-game interview after Game 7, everyone, everyone was complaining about him throwing Ben Simmons under the bus. Like, oh, he's not a real teammate. You know, real teammates don't say that crap. They lift their guys up and they, you know, talk them up and they they take credit or credit you know they whatever the opposite is also true if he's talking smack to ben every day and telling him to shoot more and they're probably a not going to have as good of a relationship on the floor probably not going to play as well together and b it's like it's on ben they're adults if ben can't improve his game by himself then I'm, i'm frankly not interested like like it's not on joel to make ben improve so uh, yeah, like I, I, I don't. I think Joel's fine as a leader. He's one of the best players on the face of the earth. That's about all the leadership you need, frankly. Um, yeah, it, it's all on Ben's shoulders at this point. So I, I, I'm not really too interested in it. So we actually seen what happened when a player has called out Ben before. Happened with Jimmy Butler, and. Jimmy Butler ended up getting traded in his sign and trade. Um, part of that was Jimmy's choice, obviously, but there was an obvious reason. And I think the chemistry with him and Ben was reported not to be great. Ben didn't like being called out. So maybe Joel saw that. Maybe he just didn't. He tried to do a different approach with Ben. I mean, at the beginning of their tenure, you kind of heard Joel saying, yeah, it would be nice if he could shoot more, but I got to do more to help him. And now towards the end, and uh, with the exception of this game seven post game interview, he was very kind of like, Oh, we love Ben. He's doing all these things for us. And, uh, you know, I think, I think uh, like Stephen A. Smith said, he just got baby too much. And maybe Joel felt that pressure of you know the organization and like i said on the last podcast i think ownership had a had to have a hand in there somewhere in that coddling so yeah look i mean like it's it's there's no excuse for ben he's been publicly challenged by the coach there's clearly been tension in the front office regarding his lack of improvement before it's it's not the first time he's heard about his jump shot not being good he's been aware of it for quite a while i would think there's you can't ask Joel to like 
become the Ben Simmons whisperer. That's not his job. Again, like they're adults, they're grown men. They can <laughs> handle their own crap. Uh, it's also Joel has totally called out or thrown shade at Ben before. It's oh not yeah, like he's never oh, yeah. mentioned Ben shooting. Yeah, and I yeah I've mentioned that. And you talking about this, Chris, made me realize something. This is the exact same thing that happened to the Minnesota Timberwolves when they gave Andrew Wiggins that extension. They were banking on Wiggins to make that jump into stardom. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and it's a start. But, but 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 here's the thing: they average. were banking Ben to become a superstar, and he just stayed a star. And that's that's what happened with Andrew Wiggins. They were banking Wiggins to take the next step. He didn't. The Sixers were banking on Ben to take the next step. He didn't. Neither player showed initiative to improve their game to the level to which they needed to. And, I mean, now Wiggins is finally starting to become a two-way player. Granted, not at the high-volume scores Minnesota thought he would be, but, you know, a change of scenery helped Wiggins. And at this point, it's clear that a change of scenery needs to help Ben Simmons, if it will. I think in in the world of the Mamba mentality, or as Chris earlier, we talked about Michael Jordan, the over obsession of winning and just being a complete a-hole toward his teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Embiid would have been that guy, but I don't think that that's his personality. I think Embiid is, um, Shaq. Well, I, I just think maybe because they're so close in age, and because uh, Ben was picked, I think, was he picked right after the year that Embiid? No, two years. Two years. I, I, I agree with Chris to an extent, but I do think that, you know, maybe privately Embiid could have nudged him a little more, like just a private conversation. Like, hey, man, this could be our year. All you got to do is, you know, take a couple jumpers during the game. Did he do that? Probably not. Had but, he done it, maybe it would have worked. But see, Joel's more of that second fiddle type of guy because we saw that dynamic between him and Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Jimmy Butler was that big brother to Joel. Joel's not the big brother. He's more of the little brother that I'll take your lead, but I can't be a big brother type of guy. Yeah, look, there's a zero chance that no one has nudged Ben Simmons privately in the locker room up to this point. Yeah. Like, maybe so we know Danny Green Joel, has. And if we think it had to be Joel... Uh, yeah, there, we can talk about it, but A, there's a, a reasonable chance that Joel has talked to him about it, and B, someone has. If, if not Joel, we know for a fact Brett did. If it wasn't Doc, I'm sure Danny and some of the other veterans were on him. Like yeah. I, I'm positive it's happened. I, I think we, we're just out of excuses for Ben at this point. Yeah, and, and again, maybe... don't, get me, don't get me wrong. He's really good, as is, but he yeah. clearly needs to take another step if he's going to stick around in Philly. We'll see. And maybe I, don't think he, I don't think that step comes in Philly, though. I think he's proven that he doesn't. And part of – I had a crazy thought this afternoon. I'm like, what if he's playing bad on – like, what if he's not trying to improve on purpose so that he can force his way out? Um, dang what man. if he – Bingo! Like, no. like, like, like the conspiracy that idea, Lucas. The, the conspiracy. That. Yeah, I know you have, and the conspiracy theorists. Because I, I read something on Twitter today, and it made me think of. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if he's just not trying? Where's he going to force himself to? Minnesota? Like, what's his game? Nah, Rich Paul has so much influence on the. I was about to say if 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 if, if, if Ben wants to get to Chris, right? if Ben wants to get to L.A., Rich Paul's going to make it happen. Because guess what? Rich Paul owns. Uh, not owns no he's not wrong term but rich paul rich paul rich paul has more than 50 percent of the nba players under his clientele 
or at least the big name players. That's okay, but the big name players, yes, it is 50%. It's not B. The Lakers are not, we're not trading him for Contavious Caldwell Pope. It's just not going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. It'd have to be a three week team trade. Don't get me wrong, but if Rich Paul wants to make it happen, he's going to make it happen. He's not. Not every Rich Paul candidate is trying to play for the Lakers. Ben would not uh, be a good fit there. The Lakers he, probably don't want him. Maybe the Clippers. Maybe he just wants to be on the West Coast. Or, or maybe, I mean, Sacramento. I mean, that is a West Coast team. That is yeah. a California team. It's a, you know, bad California team. <laughs> or Golden State. That's another California team. And that's a good yeah. California. Like, I think he's trying to get to California. Ben is and, out of leverage. I don't think he's been tanking it to get out. I, and, and Chris, you said it yourself. Out of all the teams that aren't Portland, Golden State has the best package to offer for Ben. No, they don't. I, I never said that, that. want to offer a package for Ben. I, I, mean, I don't know who wants to. I mean, if we're going to take the five teams that were reported, mm-hmm. you know, Toronto can put together a pretty good package. There, there are other teams out there. So Portland can offer CJ and stuff or Dame again. So I, I don't know. I I mean, you're right. What do you think, man? I, I think that he has the personality type to be spiteful and to just try to shut everybody up, block everybody out. Mm-hmm. He, he's not the most gregarious and type of guy that, in my opinion, guys want to gravitate towards and be around Mm. yes he was able to get everybody the ball in their spots and people who play basketball love a point guard who passes first but let's just like you say lucas let's be real he's not that type of player that guys gravitate oh man i love him being on my team he's such a great player i i I don't see ben like that he's kind of aloof like a Mm -hmm. recluse that's just my opinion and i wouldn't be surprised if he was spiteful like that. Here's a guy. Hold on. Hold on. When he was coming out of college, he was making a documentary and we've talked about it before. And that takes some real cojones, some audacity to be doing that. He was a five-star recruit and the number one pick in his class. That gives you a certain like, it's not like he was the perfect player. Well, well, let let me, let me, let me interject this real quick. I I remember where, what made me think of that thought is because I was watching uh, ESPN YouTube and I forget which analyst said it, but one of the former players said, I've seen Ben Simmons shoot mid rangers, jumpers, all that stuff. And summer pick up games in summer in the summer or summer, you know, like, you know, rec leagues and all that but as soon as the big lights come on it freezes so if he can do it he's just not wanting to or he's mentally afraid to does ben simmons seem like somebody that's afraid or unwilling to do something if he doesn't want to right look it doesn't matter he's not forcing his way out if he is he's an idiot (laughs) because he has lost all leverage and he's not going to go anywhere that he wants to I don't care who his agent is. He just doesn't have that kind of leverage right now. He has four years on his contract. His value has reached rock bottom. He just shot 30% from the free throw line in a playoff series and almost single-handedly lost the series in most people's eyes. So he can't force his way to L.A. just because he wants to be there because the Lakers don't have the stuff to get him, and he doesn't have the leverage to do that kind of crap. Do the Sixers want to maintain a relationship with Rich Paul? Sure. Are they going to take Ben into account? Sure. 
he's not going to go to the Lakers if he has a one-team list and it's the Lakers. I, I don't care. It, it's just not going to happen. It's not even worth talking about. All right. And our last topic for tonight has to do with the poll that was posted on the Sixer Sense social media, both Facebook and Twitter. And it was a simple question, sticking with Ben Simmons. It's, do you believe that Ben Simmons will be on the roster to start next season? Out of over 400 votes, 54% of the votes said no, he will not be on the team. 46% say yes, he will be on the Sixers. Lucas, what's your feeling? <sighs> Can I say that I, I honestly don't know at this point? No, you can't take the easy route. You got to pick um I think somebody's going to try to make a big swing for him at the draft. If it doesn't happen at the draft, it's not going to happen until during the season. Um, that being said, I don't think the Sixers want to trade for draft picks, so I think it's going to happen during the regular season. So I think he's back next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it it all depends on what Dame, you know, does. If, if Lillard asks for a trade, then I think the Sixers, you know, try to trade for Dame if he doesn't ask. They probably wait into the season to see what happens with Dame. Um, so it's, I, I think it really all depends on Lillard because he's the big prize at this point. He seems on his way out at some point. It feels inevitable. It may not be. He said he's going to start the year in Portland. None of that really matters. That's all PR talk. So, Alrighty. Uh, that will be the end of this special episode of the Sixers Sense Podcast. The NBA draft, guys, is less than two weeks away, right around the corner. Some very exciting stuff on the horizon. Free agency is not long after that. So a lot of topics coming up. We have some exciting guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're very excited to have have some recurring guests back on as well, who you guys have all met before. And as always, you know, drop a subscription, a comment, a rating. You can follow us on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, or on our website at thesixersense.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Sixersense. And we will talk to you all again later this week. Thanks, everyone. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.